It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Eat, Sleep, Suplex, Retweets. Hello everyone, welcome back to another episode of East Meets West here on Eat, Sleep, Suplex, Retweets podcasting feed and what we hope will be a slightly shorter episode than you're used to of East Meets West but knowing this I could be very wrong about that. This is a show where we're going to talk about some developments over in the US uh, with a big weekend in Philadelphia for the New Japan roster mixing up with the stars of Impact and we're going to look ahead to the upcoming Destruction Tour for New Japan and all the matches that are going to take us through there. And joining me as always to, to cover this He's a Matthew Werewolf to my Ian Riccaboni. He is uh, Graham McRobbie. A pleasure to be back on, and not even been that long since we've done our last one. And yeah, they have packed us up with much more to come ahead again. Exactly, yeah. Quite a lot of what we kind of predicted or kind of looked like it had been set up at the finals of the G1 seems to have come true with a few surprises here and there. Uh, but it does feel like a lot more has happened since we left been here, probably because you know, we've had Wembley and everything, you know, and, you know, a very quiet week after Wembley, you know, with no drama or anything in the wrestling world. So it doesn't feel like it's been a million years since we last recorded. Absolutely no drama at all, apart from Ryan Dalglish in the draft. But that's a different story. <laughs> no, that's a really different story. You had to join on a Saturday for that uh, breakdown of that drama. But we should mention there was a solid New Japan presence in you know, London that weekend, you know, not only did we have, you know, the Golden Lovers teaming up alongside Hangman Page against Bullet Club Golden Kikesta, but we also had Will Ospreay, you know, didn't quite carry Jericho to a, a five-star match, but he got to like four and three quarters, I believe, so, you know, he did, he did his best. But sometimes you just can't win them all. Yeah, I know. Sometimes the uphill struggle is, it's just too much. So he managed to get just as much a good a match out of Jericho as he got out of Yoshihashi in last year's G1. There you go. I never, ever thought we could draw a comparison between Yoshihashi <laughs> and Chris Jericho. But there we have it. Well, I assume Yoshihashi can't sing either, so... <laughs> <laughs> hey, I say that now. I can make jokes about Fozzie till the cows come home. But you better believe I was fucking... Part of the reason I had no voice come Monday was belting out Judas at the top of my lungs during that entrance. And I think it was good because Wembley was loud enough that you actually didn't you actually drowned out just how bad Jericho was. Did not get that luxury sitting at home watching it, I can tell you that. 
Yeah, I've heard a lot of people at home saying like, "Oh, it must have been great here in the arena." It didn't sound great when you were when you were watching it live. <laughs> it's a shame though. I was looking. For, I was one of the few people looking forward to that six-man tag because the idea of seeing you know Cohen Lover's team up and getting to see um, Boucher except with another DDT alum and Takesta getting to see Jay Light and the Boucher on the other end. I got to say though, I think the one week spot of the main card was that match because I think that match went on. Far past it's. I think it went. I think it was end up being the fourth longest match of the main card. It's the only one of the night I thought outstayed its welcome. Yeah, definitely. Um, and you know, we're all big. We're all big fans of the Golden Lovers. We love our Hangman Adam Page and that. But it was, it was too long a match. You know, uh-huh. length doesn't mean everything, Tony. Sometimes, <laughs> it's, about, sometimes it's about girth. Uh, well, this is. Given the fact that we've got uh, a guy in that match called Rock Cards as his nickname, I think we can you can make your own jokes at home. <laughs> but, but I've got to wonder if anybody enters for the face team because the first bit of pyro we got is when Hangman comes out. And so Hangman comes out, big roar, you know, people chanting ha- cowboy shit and all that, pyro going all off and everything. Kenny Omega comes out last, he gets his pyro, everyone's cheering for Kenny Omega. You've got, to be in, got to be in the venue clapping along with the Terminator clapping and everything. But fucking Koya Bishi got like a blackish background with his name come up and zero pyro. And I'm like, who, who's, whose conflicts did he pish in to, to no get any pyro? Like, he just, he's a golden star, but he's just like, ah, oh, Kenny, it's Hangman, and here's the Falco to Bishi. I heard he didn't even get real glass for his screens. No. <laughs> but did he start a backstage fight? No. No, he did not. Because no one would be wise enough to try that with the Bushy. No, no, they probably wouldn't. But I remember there was a whole story about Punk. I know he went home and bought Nando's for people, and we seen Miro claiming that certain aspects of the story about Punk getting to fight weren't true. And as jokingly said to the guys there in London, he's probably saying that because he was one of the guys he bought Nando's for. You don't, <laughs> you, you always back up the guy who buys you a Nando's. That's it. Free Nando's, free food. You're my pal. But going, going back to Elspray, though, I was still singing along, though. Not many people. As many people knew, the words to elevate as they did to Judas. But it was a week of because the night before, he, he got a five-star match, out, uh, another five-star match with Shingo Kai, which I think mentions that is that they've not had a match in below five stars in the several matches that they've had Shingo in, well, which is a tremendous stat. I think, you know, Shingo is flying under the radar in terms of, you know, the greatest opponents for Will Osprey. Yeah, that's it. There's, there is no denying it. They have... Right, going back to that first encounter at the Best of Super Juniors finals years ago, they deliver, bang, as Seamus would say, banger after banger after banger. <laughs> uh, I don't say we're going to talk about destruction and everything, but after that, the bit, next major event when that tour is done is they'll be, they'll be coming over to the UK as well. Uh, I believe to Copper Box to for Royal Quest Three: Revenge of the Sith. And we've already got a match seemingly set up for that show as Zack Sabre Jr. came out after having his own battle uh, with Rick and Nate Jr. undoubtedly for the for the right to be called Jr. Uh, he challenged Will Osprey for his IWGP United Kingdom Championship, which uh, I think is very interesting a uh, proposition given also the story of Will Osprey's long reign as Rev Pro Champion. He's ascent to heavyweight started with a win and for a UK branded belt over Zack Sabre Jr. That's it. This is a match which, again, these two, amazing chemistry, despite the fact they were always contrasting styles. Um, 
like, you know, gutted that I can't make it to the copper box this time for it because the first Royal Quest was amazing, but I'm very much looking excited. I'm excited that that is the first match they announced. They couldn't really go any bigger when it comes to the British guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a busy fucking ending for the night for everybody else, but he manages to get a hard fart one over Buddy Shingo, gets a challenge with actually with Junior, and then Jay was to come in and bloody attack him. So, <laughs> early evening for old Will Osprey. It'll be interesting to see these two guys on a bigger skate stage again for a title. Because, like, since that Red Pro match is mainly, you know, they've mainly fought in, like, New Japan Cup matches. I think Osprey got the win in 2021 and ZSJ in 2023 and that whole, did he tap, did he not? Kind of thing. So, I mean, if I was them, depending on what you want it's an attitude or if you want the title defending the show, I'd have that be the main event of, of Royal Quest 3. That's it. I think I think you're right in the money there. I'm surprised. I, I, to me, I would have actually put Zack Sabre Jr. v Sonada for the big belt on Royal mm-hmm. Quest. I think that would have been a banger of a match because t- those two can go as well. Oh yeah, yeah we, we finally remember there there are multiple multiple matches and Zack's reaction to ever whenever he got whenever he got beat. I still remember when he lost at a G1 after Sonada finally hit the insult. which he really hit? He's like, he beat me with a fucking backflip. A bloody backflip. <laughs> oh, the ra- the rage that the rage that he went, but no Boris Johnson that time. Oh, no, it wasn't Boris Johnson. It was gravity that was his enemy. <laughs> but, yeah. Then we go to the two the big weekend in in Philadelphia, the the All Star Junior Festival USA, or as you have referred to it, and some other people have heard referred to it, Mr. Hiromu's Wild Ride. And what a, what a ride it was. 37 wrestlers across, I believe, 22, I think it was countries, I don't know if it was countries or promotions, but a lot of talent. And for whatever reason, they decided to list every talent that was on the show in the opening video package. And a lot of you could hear the live crowd's reaction to every guy. And it was, bah, bah, wow. Get quiet for guys who don't really know. But you got a hell of a reaction in the opening bit. I was surprised at that. Literally, no one got a reaction like this person. It came up Real one. They got very visceral, like, no, fuck him. Which led to you asking me the most horrific, like, would you rather question. Now, I used to think the worst question you could ask, would you rather have dicks for fingers or dicks for toes? But no, you you came up with something even worse. So much worse. (laughs) Would you rather have the House of Evil all win titles and hold them for a month or have Enzo win a fucking title and hold it for a year? Just ask me what testicle I want hit on. Because <laughs> also that idea of the House of Torture, I mean, they don't have to, you can decide on your own how long they hold the belt for, but it would mean all of them, and I mean, I include Dick Togo in there. Dick Togo has to get a belt. I don't know what belts, but or Enzo holds one for a year. And I'm sure there's some on the US side, like if Enzo was strong openweight champion and he held it for like six months, would you remember that he was a champion? Half the time, I don't know. Half the time, I don't know who the strong openweight champion is. The only reason we know who the strong openweight champion is now is because he's been everywhere in the last couple of weeks. Yeah. But he's not going to get to defend it till fucking end of October when they come to Sandstone, even though he says, I want to defend it on collision and everything. But if he just starts randomly defending it on TV, then people are probably going to look at, why the fuck is Hanari just sitting everywhere and waiting until Sandstone? He's just defending against anybody who just pops up on fucking Saturday nights or whoever's on Rampage that week. I, I like who the strong champion is now, but I have came. I have. I have had a personal fantasy booking myself, which would be, what if 
Like, does anyone in the New Japan roster have a dead dad that Christian Cage can feud with? Uh, not that they've made it part of their overall journey. Naito talks about his dad a lot. Maybe Naito has a, a dead dad. There, there's the booking. Like, Kingston loses the strong openweight title to Christian Cage. Christian Cage comes into Japan and terrorises dead people with dead dads and flirts with Japanese mothers. <laughs> well, you can... You can have him come out to an annoy Okada like, oh, you keep wanting to be like a Tounoki. He was like a father figure to you, but now he's dead. <laughs> <laughs> Stay tuned for a special future episode of Book It, the Christian Cage special. <laughs> I just love that clip. I've not really actually watched all out at time recording. I know pretty much what happened, but I love that clip that's going around from the press conference. Christian sits down with the TNT tail, even though he wasn't defended on the night. But he sits down and he's like, so, here's everyone's father. <laughs> still one of the best, still one of the best, like, what a hero. You know, everyone's going to shit with, with AEW in the backstage. What it needs isn't a leader, it's a father. <laughs> <laughs> so, we have the All-Star Junior Festival, a lot of talent crammed in here, a lot of big tight team matches. Uh, out of the stuff that you've seen from this show, what... Is there any talents that were featured on this show probably or any particular match states that they, they introduced that was, or that were booked that you that stand out to you? I mean, the talents that stood in the most of you are the ones I'm, I'll be honest, mostly familiar with. And I have to admit, the one, I did manage to get time to watch um, Francesco Akira against Mike Bailey. Mm. 13 and a half minutes of pure fucking goodness. <laughs> I, I, did, I, did th- I did thoroughly enjoy the Lucky Dip tag match. Yeah, that was interesting. I didn't realise it was an eight-man tag. I thought it was legit. It was going to be four different random like tag teams. But yeah, they're all drawn straws. You get a red, a red one, one with a red tip and one with a blue tip. So that too is what corner you're in. And so it ended up being Cheeseburger, Alec, no, Cheeseburger, TJP, Ace Austin and Kanemaru versus Alex Shelley, Kosei Fujita, Chris Bay and like, Robbie Eagles on end. Like they had the heartbreak of the ABC before the opposite teams, and then for the TMDK being elated that they got to be on the same team. Wait, that that was wild. That was absolutely. I, I think the one one that I, I'm just looking at it again the website, and I just it's one of the other matches, and it's just I love how the result just says two words: sandwich acquisition. <laughs> what are you talking about? Yeah, the. Uh, I think it's the the full title. I think it's the Pat's he takes three way cup ladder match. Oh no, you you give it the shorthand. It's the Pat's King of Steaks Philly Cheese Steak Cup three way tag ladder match. <laughs> they had it up that bag hanging up the entire night. I thought, yeah, that has to be the opener of the main event. But it said they put it on as a semi main event. And despite the commentators wondering, like, is it really right to have such greasy sandwiches hanging up there so close to lights all night? Turns out, no, it's just a decoy bag. There was a platter of cheesesteaks sitting by the timekeeper's area which they like get thrown out and the fucking Rocky Romero even though his team didn't win stole one of the cheesesteaks the crowd cheered him like hey god Rocky yet the commentators act like fucking act as if this is the most dastardly thing he's ever done like, as if he walked in the ring and fucking kicked a baby that was an absolute absolute monster heel behaviour like, you would have thought he killed someone's dad like I know, like Christian Cage has just walked into the ECW arena. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, let's face it. Let's 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 give a moment of 
absolute adoration for one of our heroes for winning that match. Oh, the one, man. the only, Doki. Ah, yes. what, a, what a weekend it was for the practitioner of the Doki Choki. The man who has such a physique that it's, it's a shame that he covers it up. And man, as they say, has the silkiest hair and all the rest of thanks to that, that partnership with that shampoo in Japan. So he's no stranger to brand integration. So he is. Uh, he would thrive in a bloody Mountain Dew pitch black match. But yeah, he and Lowrider got the win in this one. And then he got to then, his reward was not just G6, which he threw into the crowd. Because of course he can't be seen to eat them. He's had to pull his mask down and, you know, kayfabe, brother. <laughs> uh, his, reward, his other reward was getting to uh, fight Sammy Callan the next night and have a paper cut run, spot in his armpit. Oh, oh horrible. I know. I mean, again, it was one of the matches I really had to tune in to, to see because, well, it was one of the ones that was just so random. Like, I need to see this. Like, I don't know why I need this match in my life, but I do. It's there. Make it happen again and again and again. <laughs> Make it so. <laughs> so, well into it for Doki. When, it, yeah, when Doki came out of this junior festival, people were, were chatting along with the Just Five guys bitting the, the entrance music, which I, which I loved. But as much as we don't like Enzo, what I loved is that, you know, I didn't know a lot about Starboy Charlie and uh, Jack Cartwheel, who were his tag partners. It really helped they, they two be established as heels as well by association when they had that, that tag match against uh, DKC, Rich Swan and Taguchi. And what was a fun tag match in that they literally... The crowd got more nuclear every time Enzo got tagged in. I'm just going to fucking call him Enzo. But I think for me, the real standout of that match was Jack Cartwheel, because I think I've heard his name here and there, but I've never actually seen him. And he was he was very impressive. And he did lots of cartwheels. So it's not it's not a uh, it's not false advertising. No, there, there there was a definitive. There was cartwheels. We got what were sold. <laughs> so we got to give him that. Well done, Jack Cartwheel. Well done. <laughs> Uh, a true standout for match tonight, in my opinion, was uh, the team of Mao and El Desperado defeating the team of uh, Jordan Oliver and Nick Wayne. Because I've only seen you know, a clip here and there of Nick Wayne stuff in AEW so far. But it was in this match where I, I truly discovered, like, yeah, this is why everyone was so hyped about Nick Wayne coming to AEW, despite being so young. That and his easy fodder for Christian Cage. Well, yeah, there's that. I mean, that feud is coming. He's he's taking that TNT title, I'm telling you now. And if not him, his mum will. It was just the fact that, you know, he's he said, oh, I understand you have a father. And there was just that sort of, oh, he's, he's going to do it. He's going to say the line. And he's dead. And the whole crowd just erupted with laughter. <laughs> he said it. He said that they helped. It's gotten out of hand, though, at this point, where people expect him to slide people's dads. Like, Dennis Rodman was announced for a collision, and then someone quote retweeted the announcement with an article from 2020 announcing the fact that Dennis Rodman's dad had died at age 67. I went, Christian's got to do it, he's got to do it. Like, no, you get, you're getting too out of hand now. It's like, it's safe if you're a wrestler, but if you're not a wrestler, you're not getting to do that. Yeah. Mind you, who wouldn't want to watch Dennis Rodman versus Luchasaurus? Book it. No. <laughs> Give me what we want. Give me what I want. <laughs> Give me what I want. Yeah, it was a hell of a, of a tag team match. Uh, so that's one definitely one I'd recommend. They did do a mini tournament on the night, which is also a brand integration one where basically they got when I got a bunch of cleaning products. It was 
Akira versus Akira versus Mike Bailey, as, as guys already mentioned, taking on the winner of Kevin Knight versus Clark Connors. Uh, Bailey and Knight went through, and then they may have entered the show with uh, Knight battling through some entries from a post match attack from Clark Connors. And Bailey managed to, to pull out the win as Vader Scott on commentary tried to pretend to be unbiased. Nothing to do with the fact that she's married to the man. Completely, yeah. completely unbiased. You know, but I mean, Mike Bailey deserves to win anyway, you know. He's a great yeah. talent. We love him. Of course we do. I mean, it's not as bad as fucking late 2018 where awkward Renee Young has to try and not get too invested in the fact that her husband's just turned tail on one of his mates the same night his other mate buddy. And then, so by the way, I'm going away because I've got cancer. <laughs> it's like, oh God, how do I pretend to be okay with this? I know. I have to live with this man. I have to live with this man that bleeds even more than I do. Uh, we do have to ask with the regularity of these fucking very violent matches. Like, John, is everything going okay at home with you, Renee, and the baby? Like, do we do you need to talk, son? Is there is there something that you're not telling us? Are things a little bit tro- troubling? It's okay to talk. We're we're in a safe space now, John. <laughs> we have I have the talk I have the sharing stick. No, no, don't stab someone with the sharing stick. John Moxley would be the person that takes the, the, the talking stick in therapy and somehow manages to kill a man with it. <laughs> well, yeah, I believe somehow Mike Bailey was entitled to an IWGP Junior Heavyweight title shot after this, which has then led to an interaction with him and uh, Leo Rush the next night where Leo Rush wanted his title shot, which has now led to a triple threat being announced for an upcoming show on the Destruction Tour, which we'll come back to. But, you know, we did have a really, it was one of the first matches, if not the first match announced for Multiverse 82, where we had Hiromu and Mike Bailey versus Trey Miguel and uh, Leo Rush. And what was a pretty much a flippy lads, all of them. Do you like flips? No, no, not cartwheels. Jack Cartwheels has his time. Mm. This is all flips. Flippy, flippy, flippy. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. The hell of uh, you can see why they they were promoting this one particularly like heavy, uh, and then they're like, oh, I do love they get bringing up. How do you think Trey Miguel feels about uh, not being included in the All Star Junior Festival? Probably didn't think about it until you brought it up, Tom. <laughs> nice one, Tom. Dick. That, that Tom. Jerk. That Tom. Uh, one thing I liked about uh, Multiverse Ninety Two. I think I prefer Multiverse Ninety Two to. The, uh, the first one that ever at Mania Weekend production wasn't you know, as bad as the one at WrestleMania Weekend, I'll tell you that. But we had some solid stuff in here. Uh, while it, while it, though, it's Julia's uh, first defense of the strong open weight championship, which she defended in a four way test against Momo Kogo, Giselle Shaw, and Diana Perrazzo in about 12 minutes. And apparently, she's already she's already defended it a second time in bloody a show in Hiroshima. So She's, she's getting about as Julia. She's finally bringing some stability to a New Japan woman's branded belt. Oh, wait, that, that, that one in Hiroshima? It's a fucking third defence. I was like, where did the second one come in? Yeah, look at that. I don't even know. Was she on Ring of Honor at some point? You know, I never, nobody watches Ring of Honor at this stage. I mean, CM Punk, mate. Maybe. Let's go free time. <laughs> No, it says a year on the line that oh, third defence in a four weeks back again where the fuck did that other defence come from because 
bloody New Japan's claiming this was their first defense when she defended it in bloody uh, Multiverse United. Busy woman, that Julia. <laughs> yes. My other favorite match was Bullet uh, Claw versus The World, where we had the DKC, ELP, Girls of Destiny, PCO, and Josh Alexander against uh, Bullet Claw, BBC, The War Dogs, Finlay, and Kenta. And I remembered uh, the DKC got battered by Clark Connors last time they were in Philly. Still, do- still trying to figure out why PCO was fucking picked in this one. That 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 is like when you look at the whole thing, it's like something doesn't belong here. Don't know would, what. Could it could it be the man in his fifties who constantly walks like he's fucking shat himself? You might be onto something there. Is it because <laughs> he's is it because he's Canadian? <laughs> well, no, because Josh Alexander's also in this match. He walks like a normal person. That's true, and he is also a Canadian. Yeah. Well, hell of an I thought the uh, Multiverse United uh, obviously tapped up, obviously topped off by a brilliant match between uh, Alex Shelley against uh, against Hiroshi Tanahashi. A match I thought was, you know, Tanahashi looked better here than when he challenged the EW title. It was less shenanigans in this one. So that's good to see. He was I feel like I'm talking about an old person. Oh, yeah, these good days. That's it. Like we had Alex showing that, and we also we have Impact to thank for our our potential new favorite tag team that is formed, Julia, Joe Henry, and Yuya Yumura. Who'd have ever fucking oh. thought of that? Ah, uh, can I get a joy? Yeah. <laughs> can I get a joy? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I get wondering, like, where the fuck is you and me are going to go back? Fucking Shota, a bunch of guys he was probably around with have all went back. They've all been called musketeers and all that. Fucking even Fidget is starting to become his own thing. And then I saw that, that entrance at Emergence with Joya, and they're like, no, stay in Impact for as long as you want, pal. Well, I want him and Joe Henry to go on the tag team run of a lifetime. Let them enter World Tag League, please. Oh, don't, don't threaten me with a good time. So could you imagine that? Could you imagine World Tag League and we fucking have Joe Hendry coming out singing about all the other tag teams? Oh, oh my god! I just love like they came in fucking matching like Silver's gear, doing the whole entrance, everything. Joe Hendry stone face, taking it very seriously. Fucking New Year's trying not failing to hide his smile the entire time. <laughs> Which is what's also funny about like Impact and their recent involvement in New Japan is that, ah yes, big crossover show. Will we give you the IWGP World Heavyweight Champion? No. But let you have him a week later in Canada against Jake something, but we'll not have him bring his belt out because the key favorite's still been nicked. But to, uh, as Ross pointed out, who's not been following, it's, it does seem weird to hear Tom Harrison say, oh, Sinai's belt was stolen by evil. What a bastard. This is something like evil, like yes, the forces of evil conspired to take to steal the IWGP championship belt. <laughs> That's it. Just like oh god damn it, evil. I mean you, you gave the whole what like would you rather question and I feel like part of it is already coming true with the fact that he has that belt currently. Uh we need to have faith. You need to have faith, the faith, the faith, as George Michaels would say to Zach Saber Jr. <laughs> midway through a match. But 
you to have faith that he'll that Sanada will prevail over the forces of evil and you know, you got that that temptation of the Naito Sanada main event at the dome to look forward to. It's too good. It's just perfect. <laughs> how, how else could it go? I will say though, Jake something versus Sanada was a bizarre match to become paper. But you know, I guess you need somebody who won't be harmed by a Sonata win because also you knew Sonata was going to win when he came back. But he comes in and he has this match, which I was I was surprised by how how much I, I enjoyed this match with Jake Something, and it just tells me something I probably already knew, knew already. Jake Something is a better wrestler than Jack Perry. <laughs> who would have thought that? <laughs> who would have thought? Jake Not something. me. <laughs> Jake Something doesn't need real glass. Plus, Stephen Punk, as much as he thinks he's a hard man, he wouldn't fuck with Jake something. No. Jake something is something else. <laughs> Hoo-ya! Joe-yeah! <laughs> oh. I loved it. Uh, like, they, it was Joe Hendry and New Year's before they did the whole Joe Hendry Day 2, and uh, Heath were on the, the countdown show before Multiverse United. They were taking on Taguchi and Master Wall and Rocky Romero. And they did like the big Joe and you did the big like thing that Andrew does a big turn to the camera, and then look at just uh, to get she just leans in the camera and just gives a thumbs up to the camera like hello I'm here too, <laughs> hello, and then like him some, like someone's him. dad on holiday. <laughs> oh hello, you taking a photo, are you? Get that then, buddy, camera in my face. <laughs> and to get to you, yeah, uh, to get to. And to get to the Meadow and Water all did their own little turn to the camera and the crowd popped. Pops, the place goes wild. <laughs> it's amazing to see what a crowd will actually react to. You know, flips, everything are all good, but you know, in the last couple of weeks I've seen people go mental for two ga- two lads putting their, their tag team t shirt on, a guy nicking a a guy nicking a bloody cheesesteak. God bless them. Everyone. <laughs> Ah, that's the old mentality. Work smart, not hard, brother, brother. <laughs> ah, yeah, that is everything happening over in the USA. We should mention a bit of news that came out recently that uh, after Royal Quest and the Destruction Tour, we will have uh, the Road to Power Struggle. And as part of the Road to Power Struggle, as it has been in previous years, we get the return of the Super Junior Tag League and as its own tournament. Uh, whether or not it'll be a two-block format or just the one format is, is yet to be known. But I think this uh, news, more so than what's happened in the Road to Power Struggle, tells us, Grant, that the possibility of a two-block uh, World Tag League is returning and for the first time and since 2019, the World Tag League is not accompanied by another tournament. No, it's, it's going to be interesting. If it's a two-blocks, I'm happy. There is no restrictions on the travel and stuff now, so they should be able to absolutely pack the blocks with top tier talent there's no excuses this year we deserve a great one definitely a lot of people talked about Shibata you know he's he's more of a ring of water wrestler nowadays than a new Japan guy okay get him uh, partner him and Nuita or him and Kingston as a tag team like you can protect them in a tag team style environment even though he'll probably still do more than he should because he's because he's Shibata that's it, you forget Shibata actually wrestled in New Japan because of how long he's been over in Ring of Honor now. Look, he wrestled this past weekend. So he wrestled twice? 
twice match it. That's nothing. He wrestled at Rev Pro the week before, sorry, and then he wrestled it all out. Mm-hmm. Anywhere but New Japan, it seems. And I seen was ELP against Gabriel Kidd and uh, Gabriel Kidd and Finlay. I remember thinking that's a bit rad. I mean, yeah, like it was all thing of ELP's finding friends. I realized, oh yeah, Gabriel Kidd did was trained in part by Shibata, you know, the LA Dojo. So like, ah, he's gonna like, like a Daco, disapproving Daco, and him like, what the fuck do you think you're dead? Like, I don't. Who tell you go be hanging around with these retro reprobates like bloody David Finlay? Who said you could be part of Bullet Club? That's it. You're getting a telling. <laughs> You're a bastard, yeah, boy. A bastard. <laughs> yeah. So, looking forward to potentially the two block for end. Especially now this will be a more lively crowd, a more vocal crowd than the World Tag League's had in a few years. I think it really helped the, made a difference in the Super Juniors earlier this year, and I think it'll do the same for World Tag League. Yeah, it's, it's definitely, I think World Tag League's going to be they must have something lined up. They must be thinking big if they're, if they're all hinting back at the two blocks and that. I have high hopes. So we go to the Destruction Tour, which starts this Friday, September 8th. Uh, the first night has something to talk about in terms of the top two matches. The main event is a, a straight-up tie to match of Sonata and Tai versus Show and Evil. But the semi-main event, as a po- as a result of winning some weird Young Lions challenge that wasn't aired for, well, not for us on New Japan World, Oscar, uh, Bolton Oleg, Bolton Oleg is getting an IWGP TV Championship match against Zack Sabre Jr. And I'm sure you'll, that will make him look good, but I don't see this going longer than 10 minutes. I'll be honest, I don't see it going longer than five. <laughs> oh, I mean, I think the fact that they made a big deal of giving him his... You know, his big like showcase match, you know, it was a three minute draw at the Tokyo Dome. But I feel like they, they were already hoping for big things for, for Bolton Oleg. So well we'll see what happens there, but obviously another win for, for big Z S J. And let me just double take you, what defence does this bring him up to now? He doesn't say, but he's well in the teens at this stage. Wow. What? He must he must be he must be I think double digits by this point. I think between these two matches with Jeff Gobby, at least he got in like three on US TV across Rampage and Ring of Honor. So he must definitely be uh, in that upper category. But we go to the next night, September 9th. Uh, the semi main event of that one is a random never open title defense with the champions Ishii, Hiroshi Tanashi, and Kutsuki Okada defending against Tokyo Makabe, Hiroshi Tenzan, and Tiger Mask. Also known as Battery Your Granddad Night. Yeah, pretty much. Like it's weird they went from that feud, you know, with BCC and Shota Umino and everything. You think, oh, they're gonna, you know, rekindle things with strong style, you know, the guys they took the belts from. No, we're just gonna have the batter a bunch of legends. That's it. This is like the mad uncles fighting the mad granddads. So I'm on a cage match most recently uh, he's had a couple of defences since that match in Dominion he's had two defences in Ring of Honor since then against Metalik and Christopher Daniels respectively and this defence against Bolton Oleg will be his fourth well if you include if you don't include the cage match includes the uh, the U match where he won the title in terms of title matches so if you don't 
So the match with Bolton Oleg, if I don't take here, will be his 13th defence of the TV title. Jesus. And he's the only champion the title has had since he got it back at Wrestle Kingdom in January. Yep. And he's only had one draw in that time. And counting right now, he's around 244 days. That is crazy. But also, I'm a firm believer that that is how you set the standard for a new title. The first holder ideally should have a long hold with it to set things up. As you were saying. Uh, then we go but back to the match that definitely, I don't know, means that aren't going to lose are definitely the, the six-man champ, so that's a easy pick there. Then we go into the main event. There's a no-time elimination match. We've got the LIG team of Bushi, Hiromu, Suji, Shingo and Naito. Dicky gone, Will Osprey, Jeff Cobb, Great Okan, Hanari, and popping up a bunch on this tour as part of United Empire. I don't know when he was added in here. Callum Newman. Yeah, he had his debut not too long ago for the Empire. And, I mean, I'm familiar with him from going down to shows down in England prior to the pandemic and all that afterwards. And Newman was very... You can see a lot of Osprey in him. Um, which was, to me, a fantastic thing. Because, you know, Osprey's a great wrestler. So if you've got someone that's coming in that same sort of set... Um, so it's it's great seeing him get a get a, a chance to shine. Yeah, I'm sure when he as he does his desperately deeds as part of the empire, everyone in New Japan will look to the skies and go Newman, 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 Newman. Uh, on the tenth, I want to talk about it because well, then, we, then you jump ahead, but. We don't just get one match between uh, the strong style team of Narita, Desperado and Suzuki versus Nagata, Umino and Wato. Uh, apparently we're getting a best of seven series, the first match which starts on the 10th. Oh, come on. Best of seven? For trios? Yes. Do they think this is a fucking House of Black or something? Maybe this is how they earn their way back to the six-man tag team title. Who knows? I mean, I suppose in, in the long term, there could be some interesting storyline developments come out of this. I just don't know how. Best of sevens are hard to pull off. Hmm. I agree. I believe if it goes to the seventh and final match, it will take place on the final night of the Destruction Tour, which is in Rio Goku on Monday the 9th of October. Hmm. I wonder if that's going to happen here. Mm. <laughs> I do I do believe after the 10th not much else happens I can, I'll can i swing back around just in case but then we jump forward to September 24th uh, Destruction in Kobe where we have we have a couple of big uh, multi-man tag matches in the undercard but the matches of note start with the 6th match which is a KOPW Provisional Championship match of Taiti defending against Sho obviously the stipulations have not yet been decided by it Assume that maybe Taiji might continue on the kind of triad match that Takagi did as part of his suggestion. Or maybe he'll try and do that multi-count match that he used to have last year with Shingo. That's uh, either way, anything that keeps Sho from being a bastard. (laughs) Who knows? We'll we'll see if he gets... We'll see if he can keep uh, Sho at bay, make sure the House of Torture don't get any actual gold. Uh, the seventh match is a, the second defence of Bishamon's reign in IWGP Titan Championship, where they defend once again against Mickey Nichols and Shane Hayes. It's the second time these teams have fought for the titles and the third defence 
and the third title shot that the, uh, the Australian lads have gotten so far this year. I don't feel like they're going to get it this time either, you know, I'd like them to. And I really wish they'd stop putting them in this position if they're not actually going to win the belts. That's it. I, I, I like TMDK, but it does feel like they're they're just getting fed to the, to the Lions for absolutely no reason at all. Mm. I do agree. They do seem to be that reliable team that can step in, but don't seem really hell-bent on actually giving them the belts. You know, I wouldn't put it past them and just put them on them like, ah, oh, well, we'll get Aussie Open back, but we won't have them long enough because they're now signed to AEW. So we'll put it on another pair of Australian lads. <laughs> Aussie, Aussie, Aussie. <laughs> That's the kind of pettiness I, I expect. And speaking of Aussie Open, they played their part well back at <laughs> Wembley. I mean, against anyone else in Wembley, they probably would have been one of the biggest, they would have got one of the biggest you know, popular reactions ever. But the fact that they were in against fucking better than you, baby, you know, they played the part of heel perfection. I was sitting two seats along from David Hockney, the biggest Adam Cole fan on the planet. And when those lads interrupted the Adam Cole baby, oh, you should have. You should have seen there fucking he nearly, nearly launched into through the roof, so he did. Nearly, nearly spilled his pims, I heard. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, I don't like. He said, "Now, like, I don't like to use this kind of language, but I'm really furious right now." <laughs> I was bloody, fu- I was bloody furious at that match. I was like, "How fucking dare they do that to Aussie Open?" <laughs> I know, but the thing, the thing I'm more annoyed about is because you knew what was going to happen that Adam Cole and that were going to win. What I'm more annoyed about, and I haven't seen it yet, but the fact that they had them in the tag team, going, they had them in the tag team battle or they had the fucking Hardys in there, and they didn't give them the rematch, you know, go, let them have 20, 25 minutes properly, give Aussie Open another shot, even if they don't win the belts back, give them a proper showcase against Cole and NJF. No, they gave it to the fucking Dark Order. Yeah, because, of course, why not? That's That's yeah. how it goes. Bullshit. Hell, even the kingdom who they've interacted with, like Adam Cole interacted on the dynamite before that battle royal. No, the kingdom weren't even fucking in the match. <laughs> it makes no sense. I know it makes no sense. See, we we started liking how you booked Jay White. So until things turn around for us to open, we shall find something else to complain about in terms of a new Japan talent going to AEW. <laughs> But having said that, what a fucking year Aussie Open have had, to be fair. You know, starting off the year coming off a loss in the new in the World Tag League, they win the IWGP tag titles, they win the strong open weight belts, having also before a week or so before both of those happening, they did, they were fighting for the Ring of Honor and Impact tag titles, even though unsuccessfully. They then got multiple defences, one of them got injured, then he came back, they both got assigned to AW. Hill Fletcher had a hell of a match against Alex Cassidy unsuccessfully for the international title. They, the first match back as a team, they win the Ring of Honor tag team titles. They beat the Hardys on Dynamite. And then they got to open up the biggest show in UK wrestling since SummerSlam 92 in terms of size against another very over-tag team. So, hell of a fucking year for the Aussies. Aye, that's a fair play to them. They have had a sensational year. I want more, though. <laughs> oh, plus, plus you got to also bring it... I got the fact that bloody uh, Mark Davis had that great run in the New Japan Cup as well. And I'm sure many people, maybe himself included, will see Fletcher's biggest accomplishment as being with Sky Blue. But that's neither here nor there. <laughs> Wait, whatever happens, Kyle Fletcher has won wrestling this year. 
Yes, the sky is the limit for uh, for Kyle Fletcher. But you know, the sooner, you, the, sooner, the sooner you book that rematch with them and FDR, the better for the EW tag team titles. Anyway, uh, Mishima and are probably going to win this. Even though my heart would love to see the Aussies prevail. Then we've got two special singles matches between Shingo versus Gokan and Naito versus Cobb. Uh, I know they were chat, they were teasing a thing between Naito and Cobb. But again, seeing a singles match between these two and one of the bigger shows of the tour, again a case of oh, we're not we're not putting the not putting the shot of Wrestle Kingdom on the line. Like, well, why fucking not? Like, just give us it. Like, stop. They stopped it, and that, it was part of the whole thing. And it, it was the whole. That was the big deal. You had to defend it. Yeah, you won the tournament. You still had to defend the right. Oh, you got to, you got to fight for your right to be in the main event. <laughs> like kids today, not even putting their t one title shots on the line. And bloody fucking Shingo and Great Okan. Bloody Shingo's main three rivals right now are Osprey, Taichi, and also the Great Okan. He just he just seems to be floating between these three guys in a constant loop. That's it. It's like do something new, do something different, do it. Do something with Shingo. I, I do foresee having Suji having a decent run in World Tag League. I think that's going to be the the new heavyweight tag team for Lij going forward but uh, speaking of big huge he is taking on the theme of the night seems to be for the last three matches LIJ versus the United Empire because it's Osprey defending what's good here is the IWGPQS brackets UK heavyweight championship uh, but it's the IWGP UK championship it's now being crossed as first defence here uh, huge taking on Osprey here and if Osprey was he'll take the belt into Royal Quest but I love about this is uh Suge came and said, if I win the title, I'll rename it the IWGP EU Championship. And Osprey responding by going, I don't think he knows how Brexit, what about Brexit or how it works. Fuck, I don't know how it works. <laughs> Nobody knows how it works. The people who asked for Brexit don't know how it works. <laughs> there's, there's, there's legit evidence of the one of the top Google searches the night, uh, the night that the votes for Brexit were being counted was in the UK was, what does it mean to leave the EU? And what is the EU? <laughs> oh, God. It's just too good. This is when you think, oh, we want to know what you ordinary people think. These, that situation where you think, no, don't ask what the ordinary person thinks. The ordinary person is an idiot. They know jack shit. Yes. They know fuck all. Yes. Osprey versus Juge. I mean, Suji has been very impressive since he's, he's come back. You know, maybe not gotten a lot in terms of wins so far but he had an okay run in the uh, uh, G1 in his block you know with some solid draws against his fellow his fellow musketeers but I am very much looking forward to seeing him getting out against uh, yet another more experienced person on the roster like Osprey that's it's, it's absolutely wild to think this has happened um, but mm-hmm. also can we take a moment to point out about Suji's twin brother oh yeah geez I don't think we even talked about that <laughs> Like, holy shit. Like, you, you see twins, and then there's literally just copy and paste. I've seen double. Four Suji's. <laughs> I think he did that as a like distraction because he knew Gabriel Kidd was going to attack him during their match in the G1. And then, yeah, literally not. Oh, a guy who you know, doubles them, like when Zachary Virginia used the Young Lions, they double for him in his match against Evil. Like, no, he's, this is his literal twin. 
absolutely fucking genius. Like, you see everything you introduce clues, think this is what you think a fake version of a established character is going to look like. Here's how it actually looks, and you see fake Razor and fake Diesel from back in the 90s. <laughs> absolutely unreal. <laughs> but yeah, I'm, I'm look, but I mean, fucking, he goes from coming back, first big match, oh, I'm fighting uh, Sonata for the IWGP Championship, right into the G1. Coming out of it, what I'm up to? Oh, I'm fighting Will Osprey, another top guy in the company, for another top title. Like, man is aiming big quickly. I know, don't, big huge, don't fuck around. <laughs> huge huge is here to go and fuck shit up. <laughs> and then we go to, as I said, the, the final night in Rio Goku in October, and we've got that final match of the best of seven, if it gets to seven matches. Uh, we're also, it's very stacked in terms of matches here. And their second defence, Driller Maloney and Clark Connors of Bullet Club War Dogs will defend against former champions Kushida and Kevin Knight. Fucking Kushida was barely the thing called All Star Juniors. You couldn't get fucking Kushida on the All Star Junior Festival USA. You get fucking Enzo on it, but you couldn't get Kushida on it. What absolute horseshit. I love what Kevin Knight's doing in Impact, but I have no faith in these two to get a win here. Or really to do much of anything anymore, I think. Oh, now they got their win, and then since the Super Juniors, I'm like, yeah, now they now they really seem to have a bee in their bonnet about Shida, and they're <laughs> taking it out on these two as a team. It's not fair, damn it! It's not fair. It is not fair at all. But the Warlords are probably going to get the win here, and then carry that into what I assume will be a dominant performance in the Super J Tag League. Uh, we have that triple threat match I mentioned before. Hiromi will defend in his sixth defense of his title reign on his way to try and break the record for best for most successful defences against Leo Rush and Mike Bailey. I mean, we saw at the New Japan Cup finals, I believe it was, where what Leo Rush versus Aroma can be like, we saw in the best of Super Juniors, what Mike Bailey versus Aroma can be like. Now we're mixing all three of those bastards together. Necks are in danger. Hmm. That's his... Like, probably be sitting down, don't be watching this in the background, probably be watching the telly when this is going on because you'll miss shit. You'll look away for a second like, and you'll hear going, oh, oh, fuck, I missed something, I need to remind it, go back again. Oh, God. I honestly, I, th- I think that could be an absolute show stealer that match. Talking to Kishida, uh, if you're interested in more impact with some New Japan flavour, I believe at Victory Road, which is like is on the 9th of September as well, same night as uh, the second night of the Destruction Tour. Kushida versus Leo Rush is happening for the X Division title. It's a title show that Kushida earned all the way back at Slammiversary. So, that's happening, if you're interested. Make it so. Make it so. Yeah. Also, randomly, you know, we've got some people going after Bullet Club on this show. Why do you have to say that all, it's all the way for the final night? Tango Low versus Chase Owens. Uh, who asked for this in a single match god it sounds as terrible as being at Fally's wrestling school (laughs) that's a controversial topic that right now I don't know the subject matter and I'm going to try and keep this light (laughs) yeah we can talk about Christian and people's dead dads but this is something I'm not wanting to touch shows where my priorities are this is not going to chase Owens and Tangle because it's no. Yeah. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm just not, not going to talk about this match. We do have uh, Jungle Boy's brother Hikaleo teaming with El Fantasmo and the most, you know, the original odd couple. One's Canadian, the other's tall, taking on uh, Gabriel Kid and Alex Colvin for their strong open weight tag team titles. And know what, uh, this tag team I'm actually looking forward to see because I watched them wrestle in Edinburgh a few years back um, against the 9 9. I do remember hearing about this match. I never got to see it myself, but I heard about it. It was quite interesting. Afterwards, there was a big after after thing in one of the pubs in Edinburgh. I bought Hikuleo his first pint of tenants. <laughs> uh, what, were, what were his thoughts on it? He enjoyed it. Fair enough. You probably think, where, what, who is this weird beardy man? Okay, I'll drink your drink. Please leave me alone. <laughs> Yeah, because I remember that because like, he was only discouraged and I think he was kind of pairing with ELP because they're both in Bullet Club, but also ELP wrestled a lot over here for a while. You know, he's all like all over places like Rev Pro and stuff like that. That's it. It was, it was absolutely like as a team they worked, and obviously this that was back when Hickleio was still learning all. I'm very much looking forward to seeing what he can produce now. Mm-hmm. And uh, this will be a very violent match given the war dogs are involved. I mean, I'd like to see these lads walk out with gold, but honestly, I don't know what's happening with these strong open weight belts. So when it's got the word strong in front of it, God knows what can happen with it on any given month. So it's The strong stuff seems to be the, we don't know what to do, but we're just going to throw stuff around and let's see if it sticks. Mm-hmm. It very much seems to be that way. Uh, we have the never open weight title defence, uh, second defence for champion David Finley. Taking on former champion Tangaloa, uh, I think if you want to keep this dominant run for Bullet Club going, you keep it the belt on Finlay. Yeah, that's it. If you, if you want to strengthen the value of Bullet Club, sorry, Tama, you ain't getting that belt. But, you know, World Tags is joining the corner. Having Tangaloa going back into the singles, uh, going back into the tag division, is would be wouldn't be the. Yeah, I can fucking say it. These <laughs> two being a tag team again wouldn't be the worst thing. One, because I wouldn't have to try and get the sentence out. And two, we wouldn't have to watch any more Tangaloa singles matches. Sorry, mate, but your, your G1 just G one just wasn't for you. That's it. Just make it end. You just, all that time out, why did they think it was a great idea to throw him straight back in to one of the most brutal tournaments on the planet? However, like, a lot of people, have seen, there have been a few wrestlers who have come back from long injuries. A lot of people have commented on the effects like how they look compared to when they went away. Like a lot of people weren't impressed in Cody Bushy's involvement in Blood and Guts and they weren't really impressed with him compared to everything else in that six man tag. Like hmm it sounds if he's wrestling like a man who hasn't properly wrestled in two years. That's it. Who would have thought that could happen? I know. And then of course the match that we both know how we want this to go. Yeah, we have to wait all the way to October ninth for Evil to finally be vanquished at the hands of our Glorious leader of just five guys, if there even is a leader of that group, uh, Sonata. And I really, really hope that he just absolutely rattles evil. But the most annoying thing about this match is it's going to be filled with House of Torture shenanigans. And we know for a fact that without those shenanigans, these two can put on a banger. Oh, yeah. Like we had some shenanigans like back, way back at the WrestleMania match, but the whole story was oh, Sonata wants to be in with his style, and there was some good in there. That's before they fucking bloated evil stuff when it was just him and Dick Dogo was somewhat tolerable, but the more they've added in this house the torture thing, 
the more unbearable it's been. And hopefully you know, they learn from their mistakes and get fucking five guys out there because, as they've said on commentary back when they had that match before, like you guys outnumber the House of Torture, yet you're still getting your arses kicked by them. <laughs> it's like, what is this? What is this madness? You have one guy more than them. One of, you, one of you has a bottle of whiskey and the other one has a pipe. Fucking lay in a fucking Dick Togon show. Exactly. <laughs> if this was Glasgow, mm. the pipe's no for display purposes only, pal. <laughs> fucking lamp on with it. <laughs> you know, I've got a red urge. I've got a fucking pipe. What are you going to do about it? <laughs> I'll wrap this carrot around your neck. I'll shove this pipe up your ass. <laughs> and this bottle of whiskey, I'm going to take a swig at it and I'm going to stick it up your ass. <laughs> Sideways. <laughs> uh, what do you think happens with Sonata here? I, I don't foresee him defending the belt at work, but I think it'll be some sort of tag match. Him and like, Tai Chi against whoever he's going to defend the title against at Power Struggle and some sort of tag team match. Because the only person he's really lost to and he lost in the G1 that could set up a match is Evil, which is why we're having this match in the first place. So if you want to squeeze one more title defense in for Sonata... I really don't know who is like waiting the wings that is really done enough to earn the title shot. My only potential, and I do love the sound of this one, just for the potential of it, give me Sanada v Shingo at Royal Quest. Mm. Oh, you're tempting me here, man. Because there is storyline reasons for that. Shingo is still pissed off that Sanada left the group. He was the one that was the most pissed off. Well, primarily because he joined a group that had Tai Chi in it, and I said he, Tai Chi is one of Shingo's moral enemies. Uh, but another thing about it is, I don't want him, to, before he gets to Naito, to have another match with L.I.J. because he had Suji, who's now L.I.J., the match with Hiromu. So, and also Evil was in L.I.J. before he joined Bullet Club, so, you know, he's already going to talk a lot about L.I.J. going into his match with uh, Naito, so I don't want us to look back on his title the ring and say, oh, it was just him versus you, all his former pals. <laughs> or against new and current bloody LIJ members. You know, give us something different. That's why I wanted him to at least have a draw with somebody in the in the like, block, or lose to somebody in the block before he went through, because we knew he was going to be went among the top two, or probably even number one, because he's the champion, but you couldn't have had him lose to somebody. You couldn't have had, like, who wouldn't want to watch? You know the result. But who wouldn't want to watch Buddy Sanada versus one of the three Musketeers like Narita or Shota or fucking even him versus Kiyomiya for Power Struggle? You know how it was going to go, but it always give you something interesting right before the dome. That's it. There's definitely there's other things that could have been done, mm-hmm. but then you know on on the flips on the flip side, I do love the idea of Sanada retaining at the dome at, at the dome overnight, or especially because. Sarah's boyfriend Dan is going to Wrestle Kingdom to support his favourite and when I said if it's not Sonada then I hope you cry <laughs> I'm not petty oh. I'm not petty I'm defending Naito Sonada that much I mean I picked Naito to win the G1 because I thought the storyline perspective it made a lot of sense to the Dome because J.Y. versus Okada and I, I wasn't the only person that feels it feel this way it just felt like ah I lost my belt to you I've won this tournament now I earn the right to fight my belt back also for Inoki and all that so as soon as they started comparing Okada to Inoki and everything paying tribute to him you knew Jay White wasn't going to win that match but there wasn't really much of a story whereas this one at least gives us a story into the main event having said that I firmly am behind Sonata to win oh yeah 
like it, it's time for Japan to kind of move forward. Stop mm. going back to Tanahashi. Stop going back to Naito. Stop going back to Okada. Time to mix things up a bit and keep it going. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm not opposed to them doing like Sonata versus Shingo after the Dome. I just think, oh, I want to see something different before the Tokyo Dome. And maybe there's an obvious answer staring us in the face and someone will challenge them right after the evil match that we've not even thought of. Who knows? But I just <laughs> want to see something big there. A couple of things I want to briefly talk about before we go. Uh, you mentioned before that Kim and Kelly has you know, hinted at his time with New Japan maybe coming up soon in terms of contracts. And then in the uh, contract thing before the match at uh, Wembley, well, Osprey also said he only had six months left on his New Japan deal, which has me thinking he's not holding that UK belt past Wrestle Kingdom. Yeah, and Kevin Kelly has actually came out a bit more forward and he said that, yeah, it's his time is going to be, his wife of 32 years does not want to be alone anymore. She wants her husband back. So it sounds like Kevin has pretty much hinted it's up to Japan to announce it, but for him it looks like the, the Dome will be his last New Japan commitment. I'm not surprised if Osprey is the same. I could see Osprey going to AEW. Mm. I do think that's the most obvious one for him, like, especially given the Aussie opener there. They can continue the United Empire or hell, they can have those three go off and do their own thing and have maybe the next night at New Year Dash someone else takes the reins of of the United Empire. Cough, cough. Great O'Can, please. Cough, cough. <laughs> but <laughs> you can understand why Kevin Kelly uh, is... is like doing this in terms of like why you might where you go and the reasons behind it. I think he's also got the gig with AEW now as part of Collision, where it's you know, like just one day a week he can do it and hell, he could even you even swap them over in terms of have him do more stuff with Ring of Honor like he used to do, which is again only a, a job he has to do every so often. And have Ian Rikabani maybe take over his role in Japan because Ian Rikabani is pretty much already the US like lead commentator for New Japan in terms of when they do US shows like All Star Junior Festival and things like that or New Japan Strong, so you know, it wouldn't be that much of a transition, but it depends who they want because he's you know it's some big shoes to fill with Kevin Kelly. That's it. Kevin himself said on Twitter that ideally he want he would choose someone that's kind of fresher, so not the likes of Ricky Bonny and that because Ricky Bonny's also got a family he's less likely to commit to. And we've got to think when the likes of Kevin does this, like he is going away from home for like sometimes like two months at mm. a time. It is a lot. It's a hell of a commitment. So I don't blame him. He's done his time. He's done a lot of it. He's given us some of the best commentary, but he's built Chris up nice. Mm-hmm. We just need someone to go in with Chris to kind of keep that momentum going. Yeah, someone that Chris can easily bounce off because he's easy enough for Chris because he lives in Japan. But he's also centered to a certain area and he does other stuff in New Japan. So there are even some things where they do tours where Chris can't always be there. So sometimes Kevin Kelly has a, has a joy styles and go out all alone. But yeah, if it's events who they bring in, they are not saying you need to bring Gino back in as the solution, but I'm just saying it's on the table. I mean, do it. <laughs> shape, shape bags if you didn't. Hi. Uh-huh. Have him and get him out of the dome together, you know, one last doki choki for all time's sake. <laughs> God, that would be beautiful. Yeah, and then Osprey, I imagine like, a big match at the Tokyo Dome. Like, again, like you said, he's been saying with this belt, oh, 
the first the person who takes this from me can quickly acclaim to best in the world. So there's going to be somebody who they have planned for is going to take that belt from him at the dome. Then if he's not going to resign, he's off off in the sunset, off to AEW. And he said to this past year, like, oh, well, I'll give him us a one year to get back to the top. And like he said he's beat Jericho, Okada, and Kenny Omega in big matches. He's had banger after banger again, as he's wanted to do. So I think he's firmly back on top in terms of people's minds of best wrestler. I think the next thing for him to do in terms of that journey is to basically take over and be the top guy of a major US promotion. And I think EW seems like the destination. Yeah, and he's young enough to have the the, the point. He's, he's young enough to do it. Mm-hmm. He's in the right position of his career. Because I think the New Japan style would shorten his career drastically if he keeps at it. Mm. I think the schedule for somewhere like an AEW would be better for him as well. Because I think you know, Kenny Omega even said like he went away with his injuries because it wasn't just AEW stuff he was doing. He was doing AAA and Impact and going full pelt every time. And I left him away with multiple injuries. He had to recover from hours of multiple times a day doing rehab and everything. And so he said like even he even said part of him hasn't recovered from that New Japan style. So. Well, Osprey getting, like you said, while he's still young and goes, I mean, you can still put it, on, put it on for major matches, but he doesn't have to do it for every episode of Dynamite, every episode of Bloody Rampage, you know? That's it. Doesn't it to be every single one? Yeah, and plus, if he does more trios to be honest, open, it'll help ease the, ease the burden as well. And, you know, I already love Collision more than Dynamite, so if that's the main place I need to hear Kevin Kelly from now on, then so be it. That's another reason for me to tune in. It's a nice, simple two-hour show. Nice and easy. So we will be back uh, early October to talk about the destruction to everything that's involved there. Maybe look ahead to Royal Quest or talk about Royal Quest, depending on when it happens. Uh, they'll have a show at the end of October we can talk about ahead of time. Uh, and Sam's time fighting spirit unleashed. I'm sure by then we might hear something about the Super Junior Tag League. Uh, so we'll see. We'll maybe get a little preview of that in somewhere in October. But again, looking ahead, just prediction-wise, who are some of the teams you think we'll probably see, not just in New Japan, but from outside that might come over for this new Super Junior Tag League? This is the hard one for me. I, I actually do not know. I've been, I, I'm hoping, uh, my, my top hope, this is one that I probably went on about the most, is Ace Austin and Chris Bay. Mm. Give, me, give me them again because... I honestly, I can't see a Super Junior Tag tag League without them. They're just too good for it. Oh, yeah. They, they too. I'm sure Bush and Titan will get back together. Uh, oh, fuck, I forgot people... about Titan. Jesus. I know, so did I. <laughs> yeah, he's only the finalist of this year's fucking best of the Super Juniors, you know? He just seems to come in and then bugger it off. Uh, they were hinting on commentary during, the, I think it was the uh, Junior Festival, like, how does Yo feel about this new attitude that Leo Rush has been having an impact because Leo Rush has been a heel over there, so maybe he and Yo will get back together as a tag team. Maybe Leo Rush will find a new partner. But honestly, after their performance at the after their performance at the Junior Festival, I want to see Jordan Oliver and Nick Wade in this tournament. Oh, that would be good. And actually, I just thought of another one to go with Leo Rush. What about Leo Rush and Mike Bailey? Oh, I could. Yeah, I'll get Mao involved. As I know he's no a New Japan guy, but you know he's got multiple people he can tag with. I think he's got he's got fucking uh, Desperado. I'm pretty sure he, he and he and Mike Bailey used to be a team in the Moonlight Express. Get get him involved in this and all. 
Oh, that would be beautiful. For me, also, I believe it's a top candidate. Might be catch through two in terms of winners. Probably to set up uh, an eventual rematch for them for their tag team titles against the War Dogs. Oh yeah. <laughs> whether, whether that's at Power Struggle or maybe they save that for the dome let someone else win the, the junior tie league or knows but they can maybe have catch to get a win over the champions to motivate that later on at Wrestle Kingdom what I'm saying is I'm just throwing out guesses the possibilities are endless oh yes definitely definitely worth a shot well we managed to squeeze an hour out of all that I can quit a lot the first 50 minutes we're talking about Christians so <laughs> shows you what a weird month it's been for New Japan and what a time it is to be a wrestling fan. I know. We say that every time we're at this time of year. But you know, there's some there's gonna be some good stuff joking aside in this next month for the destruction tour. I look forward to seeing Super Junior Tie League again. I loved it last year more than World Tag League and I'm looking forward to getting some announcements. I wait with Peter Breath for some major announcements regarding that. And I I've got my fingers crossed as well. Big announcements. Big announcements for that and for Royal Quest but as we know as we get the time to record and as we know more you will know more if you follow along with us here at East Meets West here at Eat Sleep Super Retreat which you can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram I think Threads if we still have one of those that's still a thing at Suplex Retreat uh, you can keep join our Facebook community page involved in the ESSR Draft which is covered on Saturday Draft Live every Saturday hopefully you can do better than Ryan Douglas is currently doing and you can that's on every Saturday, wherever you get your podcast. As is this episode, every so often, we usually do it monthly, but sometimes you have to do it every couple of weeks, as and when required. We also have ESSR Central every week. They we recently dropped not only our proper episodes talking about All In, but they did an emergency episode talking about all the drama with the departure from AEW of 1C um, Punk. So everything regarding that, you can check out there, as well as a massive, massive back catalogue of stuff for you to listen to. But Grant, we, it's been fun talking about wrestling and dead dads with you, but our time has come to an end. It has been a pleasure. And just because we've not mentioned them all podcast, going to give them one last minute and make them listen right to the end to hear it. Hello, David Campbell. Thank you for listening. Ten reasons not to make a movie. Coming to Amazon Prime the 15th of September. There's a free plug for you. Ta-da. <laughs> Sports Social Podcast Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.